Pickaxe. Hey all, I'm Dr. Alok Kanoja, but the internet knows me as Dr. K. I spent seven years studying to become a monk and then became a psychiatrist. I want to tell you a little bit about my podcast, Healthy Gamer GG where we combine my clinical experience of practicing psychiatry and sprinkle in years of experience as a meditation teacher and sort of focus on spirituality. So on the podcast, we're going to approach very common everyday problems from each of these lenses. And what we really do well is blend science and spirituality to create the most accessible solutions for people for their everyday problems. So check us out at Healthy Gamer GG on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple. Get down! What is that? Is that, is that a, a gated anthem? Take me on a trip, I want to go somewhere. Can we do that instead of the, uh, the, the Fortnite kid singing American Girl? American Boy, sorry. Can we have... Can someone do like a vidiots cover, podiots or a vidiots or a yeah or a gate like a northeast? What change the lyrics? Yeah, yeah. Like, have you heard the you've heard the Fortnite song, right? I've I think was that the audio that you used, Mikey, for yeah. the video that went yeah, out? That yeah, that I've heard it. I've heard it there. The May May. <laughs> it's the new Eye of the Spider. Did you guys ever hear Eye of the Spider? Oh, yes. Eye of the Spider is a classic. Yeah, it's yeah. like the new Fortnite version. It's sort of like the when the when will you learn boy yeah. if he took up a singing career. <laughs> oh, I watched that the other week. It's it's so good. It stayed good as well. It's the little backpack is I know the backpack <laughs> is so good. <laughs> Was it Mario? Yeah. He's like having a sonic run with a little <laughs> Mario backpack on. You freaking fricks. Yeah. Uh, when will you learn? When it's an important life lesson as well. Your actions have, they do have consequences. They do yeah. have consequences. When will you learn that? Take me on a trip, I want to go somewhere. You're really hitting them notes, Ben. I didn't realise you had the range. I was waiting for that to, to, to crack and for you to lose it, and you didn't. You just really kept it the whole time. Come kick it with you. Yeah? Yeah, be my American boy. I love the the last line of that. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like he's done a pretty good job of like getting the lyrics to fit the original lyrics. But the last line of the chorus, instead of da 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 da, which is like five syllables, it's like pro gamer Fortnite player or something. <laughs> it's like, That's it's like eight shit. syllables. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it. I, I probably overdid it there, but uh, I'm gonna have to look it up now. Fortnite. Yeah, I want to hear it. Can you play it? Can so, we hear it? Can oh, we can we I've put it in here, in. Mikey? Just oh a bit. yeah, of course. Yeah, um, you're, you're editing this week. I want to hear it. Yeah, I could play it live if you want. <laughs> yeah, okay. If you if you have the power to do that, yeah, I, I would I think, love to react. I mean, okay. I, this this might be. I'm just going to give you the 17 second version. I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me just um, my chat mic. I want to output my system. This is very important. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay, everyone, get ready. We got a number one victory royale. Yeah, Fortnite, we bout to get down. get down. Ten kills on the board right now. Just wiped out Tomato Town. My friend has gone down. I revived him. Now we're heading southbound. Now we're in the Pleasant Park streets. Look at the map. Go to the mark sheet. <laughs> wow, that kid has flow, though. He's got some serious sick. flow. 
I'm a cool pro Fortnite gamer. Cool pro Fortnite gamer. That's those are the words I just oh, found. Oh, oh, excellent! I love how he's his own backup singer. Oh, no. And the kids, that kid's going places. He's yeah. got a voice of an angel. Oh, he's brilliant. I'm currently just looking at a still image of Dave Benson Phillips mid sing song. If you've got no idea what I'm talking about, go to the Vidiots Twitter. You'll find a video of Dave Benson Phillips singing. Oh yeah. goodness, yeah, it's good. It's upsetting, but it's good. It's, it's yes. important. <laughs> well, that's an intro. <laughs> guess it is. I guess it is. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Poddy. It's the official Vidiots mm. podcast. Mm. It's a conversational podcast where we take some questions from you at home and obey the law of the three us, where everybody brings a thing along to talk about. I'm Ben. I'm Peter. And I'm Michael. Good evening, gentlemen. How are we feeling this week? Sleepy. Oh, oh, it's been a long day. Oh, yeah. a bit groggy. It's been a real long day. Just, you know, just casually earning, like, earning, raising... <laughs> like two grand for charity that's that's all that's all we've no been doing no big deal forget no big, about it yeah. usual thursday in it calm down <laughs> yeah ain't nothing but a thing mikey you good i'm good nothing exciting to report just yeah I, the, could you, the cats could you are alive something the cats are alive sorry no the i've cats? really only got the one <laughs> did we get another cat? cat i just no i think we've only it was just the one cat actually yeah. sorry okay. ben what were you gonna ask me there could you invent something exciting? Oh yeah, sure. Um, we got another cat. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, it's um, it's, we thought Karen needed, you know, like, you know, those videos of Karens online, like the actual angry mm-hmm. uh, middle-aged women shouting they at don't people wear for masks just doing their very jobs. Often, yeah, right? yeah. They're sometimes accompanied by an embarrassed-looking daughter. So I think oh. we're gonna, uh, yeah, we, we got Karen a smaller, smaller version of herself who just right. looks upset and disappointed whenever Karen's being vocal and causing a nuisance. That's okay. nice. It's good that she has that. Yeah, it's, it helps. Just it, it reminds you that this person's bad, but their sprog, their sprog is okay. They, they, they understand just how bad their mother's being. Have you noticed fewer mice now that you've got Karen? Yeah, yeah. I think on the whole, I think we're coming out of mouse season as well. I hope, Great. anyway. Did I tell you about the time she brought in a rat? Brought in a rat? Was it dead? Did I, did I not talk about this? No. Oh, my God. One oh God, it was just like the middle of the night, and I heard Claudia scream. Oh and I was like, oh, God, God what is going on? Uh, so I jumped out of bed, came downstairs, and like she was like, ah, ah, ah. I was like what, is, what is it? What is it? And just looked down, and there was like this rat the size of my forearm laying on the floor oh in front of goodness. Karen. Go, Karen. Yeah, I mean, impressive, but please leave. Not inside. Was it dead? It was fully dead. I was, wow, I was that's, that's slightly terrified though, because I started googling, and it turns out when cats bring you things, it's sometimes it's them trying to teach you how to hunt, and you know, like so they bring get it a food. bit alive. Yeah, so like it starts with a dead cat, a dead um, rat. You know, it's like here you go, you stupid idiot. Here's some food. This will tide you over, and then you know they bring in a one that's slightly concussed at some point so oh, you can no. finish off the job yourself or whatever thankfully it's not progressed beyond that one dead rat but i, I live in fear now i live in it, fear it does happen our cats used to bring in massive massive birds that we used to have to then drive to <laughs> sanctuaries <laughs> and hand God. over in a box really fuck 
Yeah, oh. I saw a rat the other day in the alley near our house, which was, you know, really nice. And I'm just thinking, please, please don't come in. Uh, it's made me like not want to feed the birds because we've got like bird oh. feeders. But I think like if they're dropping seeds, I don't want a rat in a garden. Certainly not in the house. But uh, yeah. my uh, my here's a here's an anecdote. It's a short mm-hmm. one. Don't worry. We've not even done the intro yet. My uh, <laughs> grandma was a nurse before she retired. And when her best, her and her best friend, like lo- lifelong best friend, were nurses training together, um, her friend uh, uh, had a guy come into her ward who'd cornered a rat, and the rat had bitten him, <laughs> and he got Viles disease, and he died. <gasps> Holy shit! He oh my died God. of a rat bite. So be careful really? with rats. Not just the bites, but the piss and where they've been and <coughs> peed, because that can give you, it can blind you at. At best, it can blind you. At worst, it can kill you. So there you go. <gasps> Fuck. Awesome. Thanks, Peter. You are. Look out, Mikey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. It could oh. happen to you. It could. That's, that's, what, that's always what I'm scared of. I don't mind mice and rats. I think they're okay. It's just the diseases, isn't it? Mm, if they, exactly, if, yeah. yeah. I think they're kind of cute, but you, you spread mm. germs and diseases and therefore must be eradicated. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. If you want to help pay for Michael's <laughs> impending medical bills and also support us in the process, you can go to streamlabs.com forward slash donations. If you donate £3 or more, you get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the podcast. There is, of course, the Pumpy Platoon, the Tiny Troop and the Fast Crew. Mikey's <laughs> going to head up the uh, Pumpy Platoon first off. Uh, I'm just going to do the Pumpy Platoon national anthem, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hello, attention the Pumpy Platoon. Today we can <laughs> Today we is that great. good? Yeah. Did yeah. you just a quick question, did this did Discord cut out or did you just do a single did note? You do one note and then pause. Wow, I did actually several notes. So oh, let, shit. No, let me just hold it right up to the microphone, do it once more, okay? Okay. okay. Was it doesn't better? like it, but it did a better was, job. That's yeah. I'm really great. glad everyone got to hear that twice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. So the people responsible for that mess are Avogadro Toast Eleven, Huey Lewis and the Pubes, Yamar sells Avon, Cheggers Ch- oh, Ch- Whorefuckers McGraw. Whoa, now slow down, calm down. <laughs> Just Cheggers Fuckers McGraw. There we go. That's Put nice. Some respect on che- yeah. Cheggers Sex Worker Fuckers McGraw. Thank you. Sure. A little bit of moniker who is more than just a little bit generous, they say, Hi boys, I lost my father last month and I played your podcasts on the long drives home to my parents' place and and back. Thank you for always making me laugh, even when I just wanted to cry. I am grateful for you silly, brilliant boys. Please keep it up. Oh, a little bit of Monica. I'm so sorry to hear that. And yeah, I really wish I read answers. the messages before doing the... Um, Hi boys. <laughs> doing the musical intro. <laughs> really... <laughs> Really, really sorry for your loss. A little bit, yeah, of Monica. Really Thank sorry you. to hear that. Thank yeah. you for your for your support. Thank you very much. The next person is Dick Mycheco, Spread Cheeks, Slap Balls, <laughs> Jason Allenby. <laughs> it's weird having a normal name amongst these. <laughs> Lego Mycheco, 
Always an adventure podcast, very generous, and they said, You wonderful blokes are a big inspiration. As fledgling pretend radio people ourselves, it has really made us appreciate the dedication that actually goes into creating an hour-long show that is both engaging and fucking hilarious. Keep podiating on. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lord Brotovich, Biff and Chip Kink, oh. Ben, your Chegger is out, R.I.P. Oh, Stephen Skodes, Katie Solo, Cheggers Stoke Vlackier, nice. Mm. Mikey's first fart. Michael Fox hates dogs. The CG. <laughs> Chegma. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Specky Becky and Donna C07. It's time for the tiny troop. Um. <laughs> wow. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, I don't need a flipping whatever digital. Digital. Sound processor. I've got my mouth. Uh, Welcome to the tiny troop. Dick Myanmar Chinko. Gooey Bug Spittoon. Chav Chav Ramirez. Michael Chegson. Kari is a tiny bitch cat. Oh. Oh, it says Kari. It says pronounced Kari next to it. Kari is a tiny bitch cat. Sprocket the goddamn cat. Emily Lemons. Danny DeVito has seen Ben nude. Awesome Fox 42. Royal Hodgson Oprah interview. Pro trainer. Nad. Kermit T. Pog. Chewy bollocks. Uh, just keep swimming, Ash. The very generous Kevin from Con. Thank you, Kevin. What a lovely amount of money there. Uh, Thank you. Hey boys, I've been meaning to donate since the Christmas episode, but PayPal was down then and I've missed the cutoff for every episode since. <laughs> but here it is, money. I'm very thankful for all that you do. Here's to a vidiotic 2021. Everybody salsa. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Oh. Oh. oh God, I put it on the high one. Never oh, mind, no. we'll forget about that. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Prince Beefcakes, Saturday Night Finn Tristam, Alan Claw, Michael, Will You Marry Me? No. Uh, oh. DP, uh, DBP and Jugson walk into a bar, and Ben's big blonde bum hairs. Oh. Oh. No. No. <laughs> Rude. Neil Buchanada. Very good. Oh, he was like generous, that. very generous and said, Hey peeps, I've been listening slash watching you wonderful lot since the beginning of time itself. It's about damn time I donated. You are by far my favourite comedians. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, Neil. Uh, uh, presenters, personalities, joke. whatever you want to call it, never stop. Much love. Ben B. Kisso, kisso, kisso. Uh, Oliver, a boy who surely exists, Nazi-occupied Czechoslovakia, <laughs> Check me harder, daddy, Barbatuna Babaluni, Stephen Sealand, plastic cheese has no rights, quadruple jump, mercenary Czechostitute, Robocock 3 beyond thunder, Thundercock, wow. Robocock 2, Cock Warriors, oh. Mr. Macca, Czech is a lap dancer, Piss, Pistania, check your Suvlakia, Billy Ray Cypress, Pantsalot, <laughs> We Scots Call Hugs McSnuggies, the obscenely generous. Yeah. Ha- Hausen- Hausenberg? Husenberg? 
Hausenberg. Or W. Hausenberg, maybe? W. Hausenberg? Potentially. Thank you so much. It may just be the post-13-hour hospital shift with no-break delirium kicking in, but I just wanted to say how much you boys are loved and appreciated for all the work you do. Vidiots may have changed, but I hope you boys and or girls never do. Keys, keys, Will. Thank you, Will. Thank, Thank you, you so Will. much. And finally, name deducted from Ur Paycheck. <laughs> Thank you. That's your pod squad for this week. Streamlabs.com forward slash podiats donations. Three pounds or more to get a shout out. Thank you, everybody. Michael, over to you. We start with a question. And this one comes from Jonesy at cjonesy90 on Twitter. What two things would you tell your potential future children about yourself that would, one, make them proud of you, and two, would make them ashamed of you? So this is oh. you passing down your, your legacy of your life to your children. What stories are you going to tell them? I can tell them one story to cover both. Oh, wow. Impressive. Efficient. I like it. Uh, I was once invited onto a official BAFTA Game Awards discussion panel. <laughs> I brought up the Nazi party live on the internet. Oh, are you do. proud and ashamed? Thank you. You are my flesh and blood now. <laughs> That is, oh, just a knockout of a sentence. Not the more, you, oh, just, it's just, just great work, Peter. Great work. I mean, I'll think of another because that's just the story that's always told by me every time. Every time there's a question about anything, it's always that. But uh, that's a placeholder for now. I think just I can I can see myself like it's Christmas morning, and my son or daughter or whatever opens up a present and out falls a silica gel packet. I pick it up and I go, ah, I remember. <laughs> and, and I just have to regale the tale of me consuming silica gel as they look on in just absolute disgust. But then I'd make it okay by showing them the little knitted version of myself that Swan made, made for, uh, I think we all got one, didn't we? Yeah. I'd, I'd show that to say, look, I know I did weird things, but the, the, the ends justified the means, okay? I, mm. I ate the silica gel to get a little knitted version of myself, okay? Yeah, I would maybe... One of the things they should be ashamed of is that I wrapped myself up in bubble wrap and was slowly hit by my friend's car. That's not anything to be proud of. That's silly behaviour, especially given that I will have hopefully been teaching them the likes of the Green Cross code... <laughs> You know, look both ways, stop, look and listen, or just wrap yourself in bubble wrap and you'll be fine. You'll be okay. Um you'll be absolutely what, fine. What will make them proud? I don't know. Just just generally I think just vidiots in general is is I'm looking forward to just telling people that in years to come when it's when it's finally dead and buried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not something I'm looking forward to, the end of Vidiots, if and when it comes. But yeah, uh, telling children and grandchildren about it and seeing if they understand. Nice. I'm sure that... <laughs> Will they understand? Because it... <laughs> it, it's about six months of um, prep work to understand the full context of everything. So it's like going on an open university course of Vidiots. <laughs> well, because it's like um, grandparents don't understand vidiots because they're True. too old to kind of understand the the technological aspect to it and why people would enjoy it. And then I feel like in maybe a couple of generations time, will things have changed like dramatically to the point that it's kind of difficult to see how a YouTube channel could ever have been an interesting thing. Like to think it will just transcend video, like video based entertainment. Maybe we won't. Maybe in <laughs> 50 years time, we'll still just be, 
you know, there'll be like gaming channels and silly dick and dom but you can say cunt channels as it was once so well described by a viewer um maybe i don't know but we'll have to see whether it still makes any sense to future generations we need to start um etching some pictures of billy in caves yeah (laughs) future archaeologists can find them and we can give videos a a greater sense of importance Yeah. yeah that's important how about you ben uh in terms of something to be proud of i have i am a two-time donator to wikipedia whoa Whoa. wait you actually told us this before you know those banners that you You always ignore yeah you didn't click the x what the hell i fucking clicked on them and i have given wikipedia money on two occasions thank you very much I thought you meant you're a contributor in the sense that you have written two Wikipedia articles nope. that you've just never thought to bring up on Podiats before. I did something far more noble than that. Mm. I gave them my money. Yeah. So that's our hero. something to be proud of. Something to be uh, ashamed of is that I unironically wore a bird is the word t-shirt for probably about two years. <laughs> Oh, Ben. <laughs> did, it have, did it have Peter Griffin on it? Probably. Oh. It's long since been disposed of. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, that was me. This is this is who I am. Accept me. <laughs> I think I've still got a Bazinga t-shirt somewhere. Oh, wow. See, is that worse? I don't know. Oh, they're pretty... I'd, I would argue Bazinga's worse. I don't know. I was young, dumb. Let, let me have my fun. <laughs> right. I'm going to jump into my thing, I think, unless someone is itching to do theirs. No, no I no. want to go first. By all yeah. means. Yeah. Do you want to go, Ben? No, no, do you, you do. Do your thing, Michael. Okay, okay. Keep I want to talk. I do want to talk a little bit about Japanese mascots. Finally, There's... someone is brave enough to talk I'm about here. Japanese mascots. Bring in the truth, the facts, and the fun things you never knew. Oh, Mr. Boy. Sparkle. Or was he Korean? <laughs> I can't remember. I think he was Japanese. I yeah, think. they went to Japan in that episode, didn't they? Yeah, uh, that was it. Yeah. Fish, uh, no, no, fish doesn't go in. No, that's a different gone. episode. That's, uh, they went to ask Akira, the guy who, I, I can't remember where he's from. Doesn't really, he's only in like three episodes, so I don't know. But anyway, Mr. Sparkle. We, we all get the Sparkle. reference. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know. Before I preface this, uh, I've, I, I, the only reason I, like, I've, I've had, like, for some reason, like, I've been on the outskirts of Japanese mascots for a while. That's a weird sentence. I just mean that, like, I've been admiring them for a while, but I never put any thought to them. I follow a Twitter account called Mondo Mascots, and just every day, di- actually, wow, um, every couple of hours, they'll post a picture of a Japanese mascot. And if you just wow. scroll through, you'll see just how much of an epidemic it is that they're everywhere. <laughs> You're suggesting we need to do something about it. <laughs> the mascots must be stopped. That's what I'm here today to tell you about. Join my initiative, end the mascots. No, I love them. I think they're great. So I thought we'd have a little look into some, well, the the, the story behind mascots and we play a little game involving okay. mascots. Does that sound good? Yeah. Is this sort of off the back of the fact that in the last stream we were saying, is there an official mascot for strawberries? 
Um, That's I guess it was um, someone commented on YouTube on the last episode about mascots. I was like, oh, that gives me an idea. I didn't realize yeah. it was mentioned in the actual episode. I have the worst memory. It was your thing as well. It was oh brought my. up in. <laughs> yeah, was. of course. That's right. Well, yeah. we're going to dive into some non-fruit-based mascots. Wonderful. Jakuji is a human jacuzzi faucet who represents the Osaka Waterworks Bureau. A boxing rabbit named Super Hakuto-kun is the face of an express train service. There's Melankuma, a terrifying tourism-promoting fruit-bear hybrid, and Kolon-chan, a character with hot pink intestine-shaped hair oh, who encourages Kolon... Yeah, take a run-up. <laughs> oh my god, Kol... <laughs> Spell it. I'm not... I think the word you're looking for is triggly serite. <laughs> Thank you. Colost- col- Colostomy? <laughs> Colonoscopies. Colonoscopies. Hey. Okay, well done, Michael. <laughs> Wait, really? Is that how it's said? Colonoscopies. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Fuck, sorry, I'm butchering. <laughs> it's okay, just don't tell your partner who is literally in the medical profession. <laughs> Didn't even get two letters in there, Jesus. Anyway... In most of the world, mascots are designed to appeal to children and are typically associated with sports and consumer brands. But this is not true in Japan, where almost every brand, prefecture and local government is represented by a mascot promoting everything from local produce to pachinko parlors and generating billions of dollars in the process. And unlike most mascots that exist to stand out, Japanese mascots are made to blend in. I don't know what that means. I left that in from an article what? I read. <laughs> they don't, though, do they? No, they absolutely don't. I think it's just there's so many of them. You just you just used to them. Yeah, if you don't have one, you'll stick out. There we go. In, like there we thumb. go. There we go. Good. You got. You cracked the Da Vinci code. Yeah. What? Welcome. I'm also going to apologise for my pronunciation throughout this. I'm going to try my best. Welcome to the world of Eurocara, the championing of mascots as part of everyday life. Japanese artist Jun Miura is widely credited with coining the term in 2009, and they outlined three fundamental components of a, of a good mascot. Firstly, it must convey a strong message of love for one's hometown. Its movements should be unique and unstable or awkward, which oh, okay. I think just lends itself to being in a costume most of the time. And it should be unsophisticated or laid back and lovable. There's been a recent pro- pro- proliferation of Eurocara, which began about 2007 with Hiko Nain, a samurai cat created by the Hikon gov- city government to mark the 400th anniversary of the castle uh, located in the area. The mascot wasn't just popular, it was a phenomenon. People flocked to see the mascot and generated upwards of $200 million in tourism spending. Wow. So mascots are big business. Other cities took note, hoping to replicate Hikon's success with mascots of their own. Brands and businesses followed suit, and so there's just been a swathe of these beautiful, felty, felty creatures. While that spirit defines Japanese mascot culture, an existential threat hangs over the long-term future of Eurocara, the weight of its own popularity. There are so many mascots in Japan, government officials have pushed for a culling of less popular (laughs) mascots to keep the Eurocara system alive. They're going to pay hunters, you know, like... 
20 yen per head. <laughs> 20 <laughs> yen is insultingly low. <laughs> I know it is, isn't it? Conversion to yen to dollars. Well, that's how many there are. You need to go yeah. and kill literally thousands to make any kind of living. Wow, there are a dime a dozen. Yeah, bring us <laughs> like insects. So there is actually, in fact, a Grand Prix um, of these mascots. Um, it's an annual contest where fans vote for their favorite mascots and it also helps uh, keep tabs on the popula- popularity of government-sponsored characters. And it helps justify certain mascots and others, it helps to justify the, the ending of them. Oh. So that's a little bit of backstory, just the world we're jumping into here. So much like um, Ben's Not the Onion game, I'm going to, I've got a couple of mascots in front of me. I'm going to read out a name and a very, very brief, um, just line summing them up. Okay. I'm going to go through them all and then uh, we'll go through them once more and you tell me whether or not you think they're real or if I've just made them up. Oh, brilliant. Okay. First, we start with Tukihashi Waturu, a humanoid white blob with a railing on his back. Okay. <laughs> so we're starting strong. Okay. Ipe-kun, the existential frog who mostly tweets about how anxious they are. (laughs) Jimmy Hattori, the ninja with a condom on his head created to promote safe sex in Japan. Kan-chan, sorry, Kan-chan, the mascot for a pharmaceutical company that is part penguin and part enema. Part enema, sorry. Yes, part enema. Which, Which part of the enema is it? Well, we'll find out, won't we? Okay. Karuma Tanjo, sorry, Karuma Tanjo, a mascot for a car dealership who has two tire sons, which it rolls around everywhere it goes. Tire son. Tire son. Madori-kun, a mascot with the body of a wrestler and the face of an apartment floor plan. <laughs> and we've got a couple more left. Kanashi Kuiku, a bicycle riding man in a cape who gives hugs to people that look upset. Can Can Pachiro, a dancing fish-headed businessman mas- who is a sorry a dan the, mm. <laughs> I love reading, don't you? <laughs> Can Pachiro, the dancing fish-headed business mascot of Kanoya City, and lastly, Mo- Momoiji Chan, a cute pink deer that lives by one philosophy: hunt or be hunted. Oh, shit. very cute. Very cute indeed. So those, start off. Those are all real, all of them. Oh, <laughs> oh, damn it! You got me already. I didn't even get to explain. Oh, no. There is there is a handful of fake ones in here. So be on your tippy toes, everybody. Okay. So we start with. Oh God, Tsukihashi Waturu, a humanoid white blob with a railing on its back. What do you think? Could you see that? I want this to be real, just so I can see Tony Hawk do a mad grind down his mm. spine. <laughs> yes. What's it? Um, the mascot for? It is um, a mascot of a local town. Uh, not a local town, just a town. Okay. I'm going to say that's real. Yeah, I'm saying real too. You would be 100% right. That is 100% real. There you go. I've just sent a picture of it. Oh, um, oh wow. Oh. That's, um, that's not <laughs> that's a good one, is it? That's way scarier than I thought it would be. It's a, it is um, a humanoid white blob. Like, if you picture that... It's that. It's got some writing on its chest and it's got kind of like a ghosty face and a hand railing from a bridge on its back. So ah. let's learn a little bit more about our friend here. 
So they are the official Urukara of Arashiyama Shopping District. Arashiyama is one of Kyoto's most popular tourist destinations and is known for its bamboo-lined path, fall colours and monkey park. So it's a mystery why Wataru's body is simply a humanoid white blob. His only connection to the area he represents is the railing on his back, which represents to Getsuyuku Bridge, another of Arashiyama's iconic landmarks. Luckily... Wataru's chest is conveniently labelled with his name, though he still looks as confused as the rest of us as to what he's supposed to be doing. So they just took a bit of the bridge and then put it on the generic white blob man. And I think it's beautiful. He's perfect. (laughs) He's absolutely perfect. Are you going to send us photos of all of the real ones? Oh, absolutely. What I'll do is I'll group them together in, in, in groups of four and tweet them out all at once so we don't put like a massive thread of them. Yeah, okay. good idea. Yeah, good, good. Ipe-kun, the existential frog who mostly tweets about how anxious they are. That, so- again, it sounds like it could be real, but yeah. I'm more inclined to believe that this is not real because surely a mascot needs to do more than tweeting, right? <laughs> mm, I, based on the fact that I think I want to say other ones are real. Yeah, I am going to say statistically this one might be one of the fakes. Well, feast your eyes on Ipe-kun. I've just... Oh, <laughs> hi, Ipe-kun. He does look pretty anxious, to be Why fair. Why does it have a rope around its neck, Michael? Oh, God, I didn't notice that. Oh, no, Ipe, please, cheer up. So Ipe-kun rose to fame during the 2018 World Cup thanks to um, their tweets throughout all of their time in Russia. So obviously Japan was competing in the World Cup and um, the frog came along for the journey. But the frog is not the official mascot of the team. I think it's just like a mascot of an area nearby where the team's based. It's just a mascot of... Japanese anxiety. <laughs> Pretty much. So I've, I, I found a few of the tweets here, and this could be a case of bad translation, but I think the, the vibe is still intact. So here's the translation for the first tweet at the bottom. So this is a picture of a giant frog <laughs> in what looks like a bus with the caption, also moved. Movement was too long and a headache started. Alive, I can return home. Oh, uh, next also, up, Ipe's username is Ipe69. Just... Oh, nice. Nice. I just didn't notice that. Nice. Uh, here's a shot of Ipe looking quite sad, going up a very long escalator, <laughs> kind of, you know, curled in on himself. Uh, and the caption is, move, move, and also move. What is alive? Is it alive? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Ipe. I, I do not know. I wish I could help you. <laughs> really, Ipe, you're killing us. This is the last one. Um, this is a picture from the outside <laughs> of a crowded train, and uh, the frog mascot is partly obscured, just looking directly towards the camera with the caption I am worried and worried because I am anxious. Oh, I am 12, and what is this? <laughs> the Russians are doing a very good job of ignoring the frog person. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can, it's just the flies in Japan, but in Russia, it's a whole different world. They're doing That's fantastic. well. I'm a big fan of Ipe. I hope he's doing all right. No, Jimmy Hattori, the ninja with a condom on his head, created to promote safe sex in Japan. Well, they clearly should have called this guy Johnny. Am I right? Nice. Oh, <laughs> nice one. Oh. That's really good. Um, this one's yeah. got to be real. I'm going to say this one's fake. 
Oh, this is, in fact, a real mascot. Oh, let me and see I him. Th me I see think him. visually he's one of my favourites. I'll just send a picture oh. of him. <laughs> he's excellent. <laughs> He's so really, really good. Why has he got I'll the read. the me? Why has he got the me face? You know, like he off does, of, it's off a of the Wii. Peering yeah. through the condom. I mean, that's not going to hold back any semen. That's <laughs> like that's got a big, big hole in it. <laughs> not ideal. I'll read out his um, his little synopsis, and then I'll, I'll we'll we'll describe him for everyone who can't see him right now. He was created to promote safe sex in Japan, and he is actually not the only one of his kind, as there is another mascot called Chomu-chan who promotes safe sex in Yo Yokohama that is a condom with a heart shape on the top. However, uh, our friend Jimmy made this list because he's a far sillier-looking mascot. You might be, be not surprised to hear that sometimes there's not a lot of backstory or information around the mascots. They're just mascots. <laughs> he looks like but, um, he's going to rob a bank. <laughs> so uh, you ever heard of the band Pussy Riot yes yeah. yeah they're famous for like wearing their pink um, well all the multicolored um, balaclavas he kind of looks like um, a Japanese version of that so it's it's a man in kind of like a robe with a purple little belt like bow tie thing around his around his torso and he's got a massive pink what looks like a bell on his head yeah <laughs> and big wide eyes a little nose and a little 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 nodule on top for collecting the liquids mm. Mm. Lovely. <laughs> lovely can chan the mascot for a pharmaceutical company that is part penguin and part enema <laughs> i really want this one to be true but i don't think it is yeah, yeah do you not think you not think you know you put an enema in a, in a suit fine i'll say it's real i only want it to be true if it's not just part enema like the device that you would use to have an enema. I want it to be half, like top half penguin and bottom half just like a billowing <laughs> mass of liquid that's like coming out of the penguin. Well, Peter, you were you were pretty much there, except you flip that round oh, and then no. you get Kanchan. Huh. <laughs> so the tip of Kanchan is is the enema, and the bot the bottom bit is the little round penguin body. <laughs> right. I did want. I mean, really, I was thinking the kind of you know the water. Sp splash emoji kind of that's what i wanted the, the uh, enema liquid but yeah wow that's quite something <laughs> i think it's quite cute to be honest i like it what do you reckon it's it looks more phallic bag? than the condom one <laughs> oh i know exactly what he's got in his bag actually no so i couldn't find much information about this one so i found a blog post about this mascot so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read it in its in full Earlier this month, I managed to catch a rare appearance by Kanchan, the notorious enema penguin mascot of Ichijuku Pharmaceuticals. Ichijuku manufacture fig-based laxatives and enemas, so Kanchan was not only designed to resemble an enema, but also made in the shape and colour of a fig. The addition of eyes, a beak and feet gave Kanchan the cute factor required of all mascots. I had been hoping to encounter, encounter Kanchan for months, and I previously planned to track the strange creature down at a pharmaceuticals expo late last year. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, do, I don't... Well, you find that the payoff is worth it. But that event was cancelled due to rain. I... <laughs> God, I, why, were they, event. why were they meeting outside? What kind of expo was it? 
Oh, that's, I guess, uh, nature's enema, isn't it, Rain? <laughs> I was <laughs> I was delighted when I discovered that Kanchan would be appearing once again at a special Ichijuku event, event held at the foot of the famous towering structure, the Tokyo Skytree, so I hurried along before work. In addition to meeting the bizarre mascot, videos, videos, visitors were also able to get free gifts in plastic capsules dispensed from a vending machine designed to look like an intense intestine. I won an exclusive Kanshan key ring, which I will treasure. So I assume in the little bag that it's carrying, there's some more goodies in there. Oh, good. Karuma Tanjo. A mascot for a car dealership who has two tire sons, which it rolls around everywhere it goes. One of these has got to be fake at some point, right? Yes, because they're coming, they're coming. Not had a fake one yet. Uh, This one sounds plausible, though. Uh, Maybe it's just not wacky enough. No, I'm going to say this this one's real because I want to see a photo of two tire sons. (laughs) Yeah, I'll also say it's real. Oh, got you. That's a fake Ah. one. Ah. I did I did like the mental image of it though and I agree I want to see that okay Midori-kun a mascot with the body of a wrestler and the face of an apartment floor plan (laughs) Uh, real what's he the mascot of Um, he is the mascot of a real estate agency okay yeah I'm going to say that's real (laughs) yeah 100% real and here's a photo. He's a, he's a masterpiece. Oh, wow. He is a masterpiece. Oh, a you say the body of a wrestler. It's just a man. <laughs> <laughs> no, look at his... Come on. Everyone's got a wrestler body, Ben. <laughs> look at his eight pack. It's definitely not just the way that the uh, the one piece is sort of rippled around his belly. That's like loads of very like uh, well-defined, thin packs, sure. as they say. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there he is. It's essentially just a silver spandex shoot, some speedos, and a diagram of a floor plan with a smiley face on it on the head. It's beautiful. Can Pachiro, the dancing fish-headed businessman mascot of Kanoya City? Uh, or now I might say this is fake, but only because do you remember that? I don't know if you will. This might be a strange reference. Do you remember business fish, businessman fish? Like the sticker, oh the sticker set on Facebook Messenger. Yeah, no. So I'm wondering if that's where you've sort of lifted this from—a fish-headed businessman. <laughs> um, I just don't think it sounds like a very cute mascot. So I'm also going to say it's not real. That is 100% real. Oh, no. <laughs> let me see. Bit away. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Campuchero, come on. Is it the news presenter from SpongeBob? <laughs> Actually, that's a pretty good way of putting it. Oh, wait, let's let's get this radical photo in. Oh, wait, no, oh, God, there's so many good photos. Okay, there we go. It's coming in soon. This is is exactly as it sounds. Wow. It's oh, man that in a suit with a fish head. Business Fishman from Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, wow, you might be right. Based on. Yeah, I think they might be connected. Well done. Good. But yeah, 100% real. Um, I think he was created by the Kenoya City Fishermen's Cooperative Association in 2015. So. They did a terrible job. <laughs> He's doing business. Uh, Kanashi Kuiku, a, bi- a bicycle riding man in a cape who gives hugs to people that look upset. Not real. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, real. 
it's not real sadly i think that would be a fun one but no that doesn't exist at all there was there was one bike riding mascot i found but they weren't giving hugs to anyone (laughs) (laughs) oh peter just sent um the facebook sticker and there is a striking resemblance yeah and lastly bemoji chan a cute pink deer that lives by one philosophy hunt or be hunted this can't be real (sighs) I've not got a good track record with this game, but I, I feel pretty strongly about this one. Yeah? Um, what do you think, Ben? I'm going to say it's real. Right, well, feast your eyes on oh. <laughs> Momoji Chan. Holy what shit. Oh, wow. It's got favorite. a gun. <laughs> so this is a, a large, pink, fluffy, very cute, round-looking creature, Um Rosy cheeks, slightly angry looking eyes and a frowny face, big ears. Um, They're actually, in fact, a deer themselves, but they're holding a gun in their hands. (laughs) The gun-wielding seeker deer mascot comes comes from Hokkaido. It hunts hunters and it's pretty new to the Japanese mascot world, and it was revealed in 2016. However, Momiji-chan has been warmly received due to being cute and feisty. It having a gun is also sort of interesting since guns are very rare in Japan, this says. During its reveal at the World Character Summit, which is a whole other kettle of fish, (laughs) not getting to that, uh, it apparently would jokingly point its gun at other mascots. (laughs) Just a joke. It's just a joke. It's it's a prank. It's just a prank, man. Uh, I, I have got no idea what this mascot is specifically for. There's no wow. way that that mascot would be able to pull the trigger on that gun. Look at its big mitten hands. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible hands. Boo. There we go. That's the last of them. That's that's our tour around the real and fake mascots of the world. Wow. wow. What an adventure. Thank, Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. Would you like a question? Hmm. Yes, please. Hmm, let me see. Let me see. This one's from Aidan Dunn at Don Corsis on Twitter. You each get to decide a tattoo for the other two vidiots. What are you picking, and where's it going to go? I, th- I I quite like the idea of Tiny Peter not actually being Peter himself, and it actually is being like a small man that's tattooed on maybe like just the upper part of your arm, Peter. So, right. are you Tiny Peter? Like, no, no, but he is, and pull up your sleeve oh, and reveal nice. a very so tiny can, little man. Yeah, yeah maybe it's on your bicep, and when you tense it, he dances. He'll yeah. move around, yeah. Because then I'm not the smallest person in the room, ever. Yeah, exactly. There you go, yeah. Or a tattoo oh. on your, uh, just below your belly button that says Big Peter and then an arrow pointing down. Nice. <laughs> ah, nice. What, what makes you think I haven't already got that, eh? Hey. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I would like to see a tattoo just below Mikey's belly button pointing down that says <laughs> Big Peter. <laughs> beautiful i'm gonna get that booked in now uh what about a tattoo on mikey's bot bot that um that's that just says toxic waste hey stamp oh, like back there we go. oh you just give it i'm just writing all these down these are some good ideas fall hey, back ben. how many more do you need get away westward <laughs> God, I think my body's going to be filled. This Fire is great. in the hole. Ben, I want you to have, like, speed blur lines tattooed <laughs> on every inch of your body so you permanently look like you're in a state of fast. What about flames on my calves? 
Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. That would actually be sick. Like, <laughs> Go faster stripes. Yeah. All yes. Um, I want um, a like a badge on your sort of left, kind of like where your breast pocket would be, but just in your flesh, uh, Ben, mm. that says, instead of like, hello, my name is Ben, it says, I should have learned guitar and now I am boring. <laughs> yes. On my flesh yeah. pocket. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, what a beautiful... We're all going to be walking works of art. I have one more for oh. Peter. Oh, um, yeah. Um, it's going to be on his on his right outer arm, um, or maybe actually over his heart. And it's going to oh. be a little cartoon heart, and it's going to say Elora, and then a little arrow through it. Oh, and oh. then on the other side, a really illicit, graphic, <laughs> horrible, yeah. explicit art. Yeah. Illicit would be something, I said something awful. Yeah. It would be way worse than explicit, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, just the worst deviant art you can oh. find of Elora from Spyro the Dragon. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Thank right, you very much. Great. See you all next time we meet up. We'll all be uh, oh. endowed with these arts. Fucking hell. Who would like to go next and present their thing? I, uh, I have a recipe for you. Oh, a recipe for seduction. Oh, dun, dun, dun. A recipe for seduction is an original lifetime mini movie sponsored by KFC starring Mario (laughs) Lopez as Colonel Sanders. Citation. The movie premiered on December the 13th, 2020. Citation. It tells the story of a young heiress who struggles to choose between a wealthy suitor chosen by her mother and the new house chef Harland Sanders. (laughs) I sat down to watch it last week with some KFC of my own and the following is my recap of the film. It is 15 minutes long. I also didn't catch any of the characters' names so many of them are described by personality traits until I picked them up. Are you ready? (laughs) I can't wait. Yes. A group has sat around a very expensive looking table with fried chicken on it. Some have salads and it is Christmas. The chicken is delicious, says one guest. Thanks, it's my new chef, replies our woman. A particularly wealthy-looking guy proposes after consuming his amazing and delicious meal. The lady he proposes to says she needs time to think. Everyone is shocked and appalled. He's a Garibaldi, a lady I'm assuming is her mother later exclaims. Do you know what this would mean for us? Then He's the lead singer of uh, Take That, isn't he? Garibaldi, <laughs> yes. Isn't it also a biscuit? Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Then there's lots of exposition as we learn the girl's father left lots of debt and they're weeks away from banks moving in. Jessica, the woman being proposed to, whose name I've just learned, is not happy as that shouldn't dictate who she marries. In walks the sexiest interpretation of Colonel Sanders you've ever seen. Neatly coiffed grey hair and trademark beard frames his face as his neckerchief teases his pectorals while his biceps are barely covered by his white shirt. Would you like to see him? Yes, I was just going to say, I wish we had a a real photo. Here you go. Here is Mario Sexy Sanders. Um, And for comparison, this is... Oh, my Lord. What a a hunk. ...is what Mario looks like under the shirt, because I know you're wondering. Goodness gracious me. (laughs) Wow. That's only the kind of body you can get by eating KFC three times a day every day. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. Jessica is smitten. 
His name is Harland Sanders. He lives in the guest house and the tension is palpable. The posh proposing Garibaldi man from the start is called Billy. We see that he's calling Jessica, but she declines the call. Vegetables and ingredients so fresh you might confuse this for a gigantic fast food chain's promotional film are unloaded from a van out the front of their massive house. Jessica offers Harland a tour. Harlan Sanders talks about wanting his secret recipe to change the world. They're interrupted by Billy Garibaldi dressed in what I can charitably call posh twat casual. He looks like he fucks yachts. He's mad because Jessica humiliated him and is now dodging his calls. He grabs her arm forcefully and Sanders steps in. Billy dismisses him by calling him a crouton. After telling her to be careful and not to make a mistake, Jessica storms off. Sanders slowly turns to Billy, pauses for dramatic effect, and says, Don't call me Crouton. <laughs> We're now at Wittendale Country Club, where Jessica's gay best friend is about to go on a date. Jessica's in her bedroom, and they talk on the phone about how she thinks she might be falling for Harlan Sanders. She and Sanders have known each other for three minutes of runtime. Her bed is the biggest <laughs> bed I've ever seen. She texts Billy, saying they need to talk before going to take a shower. Her mum sneaks into the room and takes her phone, which is apparently unlocked or lacking in any security features. The mum then texts Billy, saying she'll meet him at the country club. The country club, bar, dot, mp3, sounds like a lively place, but the limited camera angles reveal a maximum of three residents, likely due to ongoing coronavirus pandemic restrictions. The mum text tells Billy Jessica is falling for the chef, and Billy laughs so loudly you might think he just hit a poor person with his car. He calls the mum Bunster, and that's weird. Bunster? <laughs> what even mean? is that word? In walks Jessica's gay BFF, with whom I can only assume is his date. A couple of background extras disappear, and there are still only three people in the bar. Bunster tells Billy of Harlan's secret recipe that will change the world. I don't know how she knows this. She alludes to a romantic weekend she and Billy once spent together. He appears to remember it fondly. Jessica's gay BFF listens in subtly. If you marry my daughter, Bunster says, I promise there'll be more long weekends in your future. Later on, Billy shows up in a kitchen. Presumably, it's where Jessica and Bunster live, and not the same building they're shooting all of this film in. He goes through several conspicuously empty drawers before pulling a slip of paper out of a backpack, backpack sorry, clearly labelled Secret Recipe, upon which is, is written a different number of herbs and spices with various quantities crossed out. He laughs to him. I hope it's not all revealed on camera. Well, that I don't know if you knew, but you can actually find out the KFC secret recipe online. It is available. Can you? Is it? Wow. Yeah. yeah, so there you That's go. a secret then, is it? He laughs to himself as only someone who has never experienced hardship would laugh and says, Secrets out, chicken man. Sanders <laughs> walks in and Billy says he's here to make him an offer. He asks how much money it would take for Sanders to leave Jessica alone and leave town. Billy then bluffs and tells Harland that Jessica has already said yes to the proposal and writes him a cheque for $500,000. Harland has known Jessica for six minutes of runtime and is visibly devastated. <laughs> Do yourself a favour, pal. Take the cheque and get lost. Merry Christmas, Billy grins. Gay BFF, who I'm now learning is called Lee, barges into the house and past Bunster, asking to see Jessica. Bunster says Jessica is out getting a new phone because the mum held on to it after texting Billy from it, apparently, which is just as well because Lee could have texted Jessica about what happened at the country club bar, but cared so much he decided to come all the way out anyway. Lee calls Bunster out about what he saw and walks past her. Bunster responds by knocking him out with a broom and begins to drag him away. 
Oh. Jessica is sat outside trying to call Lee from the biggest piece of lawn furniture I've ever seen. Sanders approaches, wishing her and Billy well, but asking why she told Billy about the secret recipe and saying that he cannot be bought off. Jessica is confused and stops him. I never said yes. I don't want Billy. I want you. They have known each other for 11 minutes and they kiss. From one angle, no. you can see the glue on Harlan Sanders' prosthetic moustache. <laughs> Bunster watches from a window and calls Billy. We have a problem. Next day, Jessica goes to her mother to confess her love for Harland, but Bunster nefariously explains that Harland left last night in a hurry. Jessica is then seen glancing around the kitchen in an effort to find him. He could have just been in the toilet, but she clearly takes this to mean he's gone forever. Walking through the gardens reflectively, Jessica hears muffled screams. She opens a barely closed basement door to discover Harland Sanders tied to a chair. There's duct tape over his mouth. Billy emerges menacingly from the shadows. He's ruining everything! Billy spits as he waves a knife in Sanders' face. Bunster runs in exclaiming that Lee has escaped and that Billy should just kill him already. Realising her mother's betrayal, Jessica watches on in horror. Lee pokes his head up from around a corner and gestures to keep quiet as Sanders headbutts Billy in his stupid posh face. When Billy stands back up, Lee knocks him out from behind with what I am now realising is not a broom but that stick they use in polo. This is your fault, Bunster screams, walking towards Harland. Jessica pushes her into a shelf and she collapses. Is she dead? Who knows? Jessica kneels down and carefully removes the tape covering Harland's mouth so as not to also peel off his moustache and beard. The pair have known each other for 13 minutes of runtime and they kiss in slow motion. One year later. What? The two are married at an outside ceremony with Lee officiating. Sanders is dressed as we would recognise him best, with a white suit and a red ribbon. Only two members of the audience are shown, the aisle seats of the front row. <laughs> Bunster is not dead and is then shown in the gardens of a wellness centre. You have a visitor today, says an orderly. Billy approaches and sits next to her, saying, I found them before, and I'm not making this up, taking a massive bite of a KFC drumstick. Whether oh, he carried yeah. it unconcealed through reception only to bite into it at this specific moment for dramatic effect is not revealed. The two turn to one another and share an ominous smile. The end. Wow. And that... That is amazing. That's a recipe for seduction. It's real. And you can watch it. Uh, it got 70% on Rotten Tomatoes and is therefore critically better received than the most recent Spongebob movie. Alexandria <laughs> De Del Rosario of Deadline said that the film had an unusual casting for an even odder title, whereas Christine de Zerilla of the Los Angeles Times gave the movie a more favourable review, calling it a tongue-in-cheek take on the lifetime romance movie genre and a movie aimed at women who love men who love chicken. <laughs> right. How do you quantify that? Don't know. Who, who is that? Don't know. <laughs> But uh, there we are. That's my thing. A recipe for seduction. Well worth a watch. What that a is thing. spectacular. I just looked it up on Wikipedia. I was curious when it was filmed. Um, it was shot in October 2020. So in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> oh my God, it actually was because of the pandemic. That's why there yeah. were so few extras in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so a cast and crew potentially risked their lives in the midst of a virus to, <laughs> to, to bring you this. <laughs> Or maybe That's, they did a sort of little Kentucky Fried Bubble 
throughout the whole filming <laughs> KFB, process. In which case, yeah, KFB, they can do whatever they like in a KFB. There was just a shockingly low amount of chicken in it, which is, I know he was still working <laughs> on his recipe, but there was chicken in the intro and then there was that big chicken munch at the end. <laughs> but that was it. Like it did very little. I know it's a joke. And honestly, the level of acting was porn. That was it. That's the level oh, right, of acting yeah. you can expect. It, I mean, it sounds it. like a porn movie without any pornography right. in it. Yeah, pretty much weird. that. Yeah. But there was yeah. just, it was almost nothing promoting KFC in it. They're on a weird wow. kick lately, KFC, with their marketing, with the, with oh, the yeah. games. Yeah. The KFC um, console. The KFC, and... it's strange. I don't know what's going on over there, but I hope they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're just having fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, KFC, then uh, get in touch. Yeah, again, get in touch again. <laughs> get in touch again, in fact, yeah. yeah. Wow. Thank you very much, Ben. That Thank was you, beautiful. You're welcome. Would you like a question? Yes, please. This one comes from Calcifer at Calcifer underscore dragon on Twitter. If you could make any dumb thing an instant school fad to collect, trade and brag about, <laughs> what would you pick? Oh, that's a good so, question. I'm sure, I'm sure most people in their time at school have experienced fads where for us, um, it was like Diablos, these weird spinny things that we play with or various trading cards if you had the chance to put an object in children's hands and make them go wild over it, what would you choose? I, I, for me personally, I want to go, I want to go bricks. Bricks. Yeah. Just because there must be like a lot of different kinds of bricks out there, like lots of materials, different manufacturers, different stamps on them. Mm -hmm. I think just start children raiding building sites and dilapidated houses, finding the best, shiniest bricks, the rarest bricks they can find. Can you battle them? Sorry? Can you battle them with each <laughs> other? Battle bricks. bricks! Let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't considered the battling element, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it, they lend themselves to battles. You, you just... <laughs> you you battle bricks them. from Bandai! <laughs> you can use them to build defences. You can yeah. hurl them at each other. And I, I just like the mental image of children lugging along suitcases full of bricks to school. We, to we all know, though, Michael, you're in the pocket of Big Brick already because you've you oh. played with bricks as a child quite famously. Well, he ended up in a Dettol bath as a result. <laughs> Think of all the... Are you... Is this secretly a Dettol conspiracy? Are you trying to get Dettol sales through the roof? <laughs> What's happening here, man? Come on, right. It's fine. Just just go along with it, all right? There's a hefty payout in it for both of you, okay, right? right. Um, I'll wow. cut this out of the podcast. No one hears it. Just, just, right, just, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, fads. Uh, I would quite like to see children at school uh, sort of trading and collecting um, different kinds of just like completely illegal things that they should not have. <laughs> so, you know, knives. it doesn't matter what it knives, <laughs> drugs, like blood diamonds, um, you know, ivory, uh, just US who can have the most illegal thing. Uh, that's, that's who wins. USB drives filled with login information. <laughs> yeah. And horse dance MP4. <laughs> that's what I want. You got that horse dance, yeah. Oh, man. You got it got in an trade. MP4? No, I've only got MKV, mate. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. Get back to me when you've got a real file format. Yeah. 
<laughs> what else did did uh, am I right in thinking Osama bin Laden had episodes of Mr Bean on his hard drive or have I yeah, made that up? Yeah, I think it was Mr Bean. Yeah. I can't remember which show it was that most of the episodes of were on there. Um was it like yeah, Looney had, like, Tunes most of or the something? Back catalog of yeah, Tom and Jerry yeah, was it? Yeah, it might have been Tom and Jerry. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah, I might Tom still Jerry have it bells. bookmarked. I'll I'll double check for you. Brilliant. I've been meaning to go back through that list for so long and just spend like a couple of hours just enjoying it. It's a treasure it. trove, yeah. isn't it? Really is. Oh, I love that they have to make it available. So whoever <laughs> you know, the rights holders of whether it's Tom and Jerry or whatever, they're being screwed over by it. the late <laughs> Osama bin Laden. <laughs> the late Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, there we go. Yeah, it was Tom and Jerry. You can Tom still download 121 Tom and Jerry episodes for free from the CIA 2017 <laughs> the release CIA. of the Osama Bin Laden's hard drive. Um, that's getting bookmarked. <laughs> um, do you want me to resend what you the you... link to the hard drive as well, Michael? Would that be helpful? Oh, God, yeah. Just give me it all. I, I want to I spend <laughs> I wanna spend an ungodly amount of time looking through okay, this. Okay, I'll send, I'll send those your way. If you find Horse Dance 2, let us know. Oh, God, <laughs> we're not ready for that. The world no. isn't ready for Horse Dance 2. <laughs> I'm just going to watch fad? Horse Dance again, to be honest. It's yeah, good. I think I've still got it downloaded. Let me, you know what? Do you, watch, do you guys want to watch Horse Dance? I'd probably yeah. have it in my downloads folder somewhere, yeah. Let me search. Oh, no, I think I might have cleared out my downloads. Horse Dance, I haven't got Horse Dance anymore. Oh. Sorry, I'll, do you want to listen to the, the sweet sounds of Horse Dance? For I would love. Oh, I've second. downloaded it. To, like, <laughs> there it goes. It's so oh, loud. Horse Dance. Oh dearie it's me! It's brilliant. Wow. I mean, it's also. I think I said this yeah, last, said this time, last a time, time. A bit troubling. troubling. How they managed, how they managed to, get to, to get the horse to do that, to do that by, by hitting, hitting it a lot, which is not nice. But let's not let's not think about that right now. It's okay. Let's maybe not play it. It's an incredible dance. It's an incredible dance. So yeah, you now. I've sort of lost my way here, but what I'm remembering is that. Peter wants children to exchange and trade files from Osama bin Laden's hard drive, yeah? Amongst other things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. Okay. I <laughs> think it would be fun for children to get really into capes. Ooh, I like it. And people can trade capes. And it might encourage them to, you know, make their own. I don't know if... if, if uh, if Hasbro is going to start manufacturing capes or something, but maybe maybe that could be a really cool trend. Everyone starts making their own capes by going to charity shops and buying clothes from there. Oh. Turn them into capes. Oh. Plus, I think it's a confidence booster because who doesn't feel more 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 of a hero than when they're wearing a cape? Mm-hmm. I remember. Well, not all heroes wear capes, Mikey, but sure. But come on, you feel pretty fucking good when you got that bit of fabric flapping around on your That's back. That's true. Actually, not all heroes wear capes, but all people who wear capes are heroes. Are here. They're I exactly, guess. exactly. Objectively a fact. Yeah. I remember going out shopping and coming across a, a child who was dressed, I think, as Mr. Incredible or something. Um, not wearing a cape, but I think it gives a similar effect. Of, like he was there holding doors for people, you know, doing pauses. Oh, wow. Like, he was living his best life. So let's, let's give that gift to the children. I agree. I'm incredible, boy. Incredible. Incredible. Incredible boy. Uh, Peter, would you like to do your thing? Thanks, boys, for sharing the latest childhood fans. Mm. I'm sh- I can't wait for our future children who are disappointed in us for talking about Nazis to be trading drugs on the, on the school ground. Yeah, yeah great. <laughs> um, we return to Weirdcopedia today. Ooh. And I can't believe that this article has passed me by all this time because there's actually a list of 
weird Wikipedia articles on Wikipedia. There's like a page called like unusual articles and it lists <laughs> loads of strange ones. And I don't think this is on there because I feel like I would have seen it if if it was. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it is, but hmm. uh, this, this blew my mind. I saw it on, just on my Twitter feed. No one sent it to me. It was being shared by someone I follow or something. It, and it might have been uh, James Jenkins' partner, Ben. Oh, um, Beth. Beth, yeah. It, it may have been. It might not have been Beth, but it, it could have been. I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, uh, in any case, are you ready to learn about the sweater curse? <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Ah, the, yes, please. The sweater curse, or curse of the love sweater, is a term used by knitters to describe the belief that if a knitter gives a hand-knit sweater to a significant other, it will lead to the recipient breaking up with the knitter. <laughs> this is like a recognised wow. enough phenomenon that it's got a Wikipedia page. Wow. Um, so here we go. In an alternative formulation, the relationship will end before the sweater is even completed. Ooh. What? Oh my God. The belief is widely discussed in knitting publications, and some knitters claim to have experienced it. There are then three citations after that sentence. Of a sample size of three. <laughs> yeah. In a 2005 poll, 15% of active knitters said that they had experienced the sweater curse firsthand, and 41% considered it a possibility that it should be, uh, a possibility that it should be taken seriously. Ooh. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, apparently. What, what does take seriously? Uh, like, what do the government get involved at that point? <laughs> well, I think they mean that, like, I'm a knitter. I've not yet experienced the sweater curse, but I have no intention of knitting a sweater for my significant other because I believe right. that it could happen. Hello, science. Um, we're going to need you to look into this. Okay. Uh, despite its name, the sweater curse is treated in knitting literature not as a superstition governed by paranormal forces, but rather as a real-world pitfall of knitting that has a rational explanation. Oh. Several plausible mechanisms for this sweater curse have been proposed, but it has not been studied systematically. I wonder why. <laughs> Um, oh, knitterature. Well done, Ben. Just posting, quietly posting that excellent pun in our Sorry, Discord chat. While I'm... No, no, thank you. Um, there's in a small subsection just called existence, uh, which says the existence of the... Existence. The existence of the phenomenon is anecdotal and may be related to confirmation bias, i.e. knitters may remember breakups more clearly after giving a hand-knit sweater, which represents a significant... A significant investment of money, typically over $100, and effort, uh, 100,000 stitches, uh, as well as time, as much as a year, uh, and romantic imagination, it says it requires oh. to make a sweater. Um, <laughs> I guess knowing what your partner would like, that's what romantic imagination is. Or not is. like, Anyway, that's the, the existence section. <laughs> well, it, yeah, seems to be. There's then... Buckle in. A section called Proposed Mechanisms. Oh, okay. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven theories as to how this might happen. Don't worry, they're all one line long. Um, so, wow. Although the existence of this effect remains uncertain, it's a common belief amongst the knitting population and several plausible non-exclusive... Uh, it's a common belief among the knitting population and several plausible non-exclusive mechanisms for the sweater curse have... Oh, I see. That's kind of a weirdly... Okay, let's just... I'll read that again. 
Although the existence of this effect remains uncertain, it is a common belief amongst the knitting population, and several plausible and non-exclusive mechanisms for the sweater curse have been suggested within knitting periodicals and books. Number 1. Unlucky timing. Knitting a sweater takes a long time, and the relationship dies of natural causes during its making. Okay. <laughs> Number 2. Rescue mission. The knitter senses subconsciously that the relationship is about to end and knits a sweater as a dramatic gesture to save it. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Number three, catalyst for analysing the relationship. Giving or receiving a significant gift, such as a sweater, may cause either the giver or receiver to evaluate, uh, to evaluate the relationship. For example, the gift may seem too intimate, too domestic, or too binding to the significant other. <laughs> uh, the word significant other is hyperlinked there, if I want to find out what, what is one of what those is, that? is. What is that? Um, it can be seen as a signal that makes them realise the relationship is not reciprocal, prompting them to end the relationship before it involves obligations. Mm. It's too intense. Getting getting a sweater from someone, you want to you wanna get out mm -hmm. of there. <laughs> Theory number four. Aversion. The significant other may simply not want to wear anything hand-knit, it says in italics. What? what? Imagine that. A hand-knit sweater can also subject them to ridicule, <laughs> either because the sweater Aww. looks bad, i.e. poorly made or unfashionable, or it conveys overly domestic connotations. Oh no! That's just no. That's that's just people being assholes. If I see someone in what looks like a homemade sweatshirt, I'm like, no, that looks brilliant. I'm glad. Hopefully, you're not going to break up soon because of the, the amount of time and love they poured into that mm, sweater. Your partner made it for you. I'm not going to go. Well, that's poorly made or unfashionable or conveys overly domestic connotations. You should break up with your partner. <laughs> you should. Yeah. Uh, theory number five: misdirected attention. The knitter loves their sweater a little too much and pesters the significant other about the sweater. Citation. <laughs> Alternatively, the knitter loves to knit too much and spends too much time with their knitting instead of with the significant other. Oh no. <laughs> oh my god. Right, number six of seven. Insufficient gratitude. Oh, that's it. Okay, that's the oh. killer. The knitter sees the sweater as a significant thing, having chosen the pattern and colour carefully, and having invested hours of labour. The, uh, the recipient sees it as just another sweater, and the resulting lack of gratitude leads to tension in the relationship. <laughs> and finally, theory number seven as to how the sweater curse actually exists and is not paranormal but is real. New interests... The knitter may have discovered a new aspect of their personality, previously unexplored, to be of greater interest than the receiver understands. Having joined a knitting community, spending all their time reading about and thinking about <laughs> knitting, <laughs> potentially being secretive about their new interest in hopes of surprising the recipient, which may manifest itself as reminiscent of adulterous behaviour or loss of interest in the relationship, thus alienating the soon-to-be recipient. In other words, you're having an affair with your knitting. <laughs> wow. This it's, is amazing. It's wild. Um, the article ends with a small section called Avoiding the Curse. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't do it. 
for many knitters, making a hand-knit gift is an emotional experience, an extended affectionate meditation on the person receiving the gift. A mm-hmm. metaphor commonly used by knitters is, I love, I, I knit my love into every stitch. Since giving too significant a gift too early in a relationship can evoke apprehension, knitters have been advised to match the knitted gift to the stage in the relationship, beginning with hats, mittens, (laughs) scarves or socks, before graduating to sweaters. Many knitters also wait until marriage before making a sweater for a significant other. I can't believe the way this article is written. This is an actual, like, Wikipedia is pretty strict about the way it presents information. And I am so happy that this has been allowed on the website. Mm -hmm. That surely means this is all 100% verifiable, great writing. It's absolutely packed with citations, this thing. I'm missing out (laughs) loads of them. There's loads of, like, two and three citations, like, next to each other. Uh, The final thought here... Common sense advice to knitters is that they should determine whether the recipient would ever wear a hand-knitted sweater. Citation. Knitters have also been uh, advised to involve the significant other in designing the sweater, which is hyperlinked to the article Sweater Design. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And follow their suggestions even if the knitter objects. Several books offer practical design advice for avoiding the sweater curse. Wow. wow. I mean, in defense of that theory, I've never had a partner knit a sweater for me. And, well, actually, I've still experienced a significant deal of heartbreak. So maybe that's not. Maybe wow. that's, there's actually no truth oh. to that at all. Oh. Well, also in defense of that theory, I had a partner knit a sweater for me and I broke up with them oh. because of the sweater. That's not Oh, true. man. <laughs> <laughs> this this sweater is a sign of a big commitment that I'm not ready to commit to. <laughs> Goodbye. I don't want these overly domestic connotations. My friends Love are going to think that I in am. every stitch. Ugh. Disgusting. Ugh, Wash it. Wash it before you give it to me, please. <laughs> so that. that's that's it. That's a real that's a real article there. I, I, you know what? I, I, I can kind of understand it. it. Like, definitely, there's some points there. It's very ridiculous, but it's I can so, see. It's written see with it. such detail and all the all the different ideas as to how it has like a real, you know, like reasoning to it. It's baffling. Yeah. If you throw enough spaghetti at the wall, some of it'll stick. Mm. So I guess that's what that is. The sweaters. Throw enough sweaters at the wall, and eventually your partner will leave you. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> heed this warning heed this warning never knit or if your partner starts knitting leave no no don't leave oh god do you stay <laughs> what to... do you leave or do you wait yeah what oh, oh do you leave to get away from the impending curse do. or do you stay to prove it wrong at... let us know <laughs> let us know if you've had any sweater curse experience in your life <laughs> please I'd actually love to hear some real real people it's gotta be real about it. it's gotta be it's gotta be gotta true be real. Gotta, yeah. gotta be Right, thank you very much, Peter. And now we'll never look at knitwear the same ever again. <laughs> we won't. And we have one last question from Freddy and the Fabs at Fabs Band on Twitter. As a child, I once saw Dave Benson Phillips <gasps> during his prime live on stage. <sighs> Can't remember much, but I remember that voice and something about a Power Ranger doll. 
who would you have wanted to see live in their prime? <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I, I, this one, this question mainly drew me in because it's a real life encounter with Dave Benson. Phillips, which I've is, seen Dave Benson magic live. Wait, what? Yeah, I went to go see. I, I'm Fun fairly sure Factory. I went to go and see Fun Song Factory as a kid with my sister. <gasps> oh, wow! Oh my god! Yeah, I can't remember. What, Peter, have you seen about him? it? Though, but. I've not seen uh, Dave Benson Phillips live. I have seen um, Mark Spate live, you know, off, no way. off of Smart, who sadly is no longer with mm. us. But um, he, I went to a panto and he was the villain in it. And I remember being, I was only like, I don't know, six or seven. And I was really sort of confused that like the guy who is on the TV is like, real and he's on stage it looks just like that guy off the telly and i think it is him but he's but he's there how is that possible he's not in the box how has that happened i don't understand he's big um oh man but i remember really vividly actually seeing that show and there was like this 3d glasses bit where you put on the blue and red 3d glasses and the like they had this like shadow It it was really well done i don't really know how they did it but uh i remember mark spate going Please put on your three D glasses, audience, and then he sort of crept away like an evil, an evil baddie. That's great. Oh, uh, I've also seen the Chuckle Brothers too. Yeah, but that yeah, was in yeah. like a that was like a stage show thing. Um, but I don't know. It's, yeah, I've seen them perform several times. I think I've got like back home several signatures oh, as well. Amazing. Which I'll cherish forever. That's so good. Oh, I've never seen them. Uh, but who haven't we seen? Who, that we would like to oh. see. Would you have been a bungalow head? Oh, I would have loved to be a bungalow head. <laughs> oh, to be there in the prime. God, that like that that is like if I could go back in time and bend will however I wanted that. I, honestly, I think it would be that. Yeah. Oh dear, but it. But in terms of like who who I can't see anymore, I really always want like from like even from being relatively young. Like I'm, I want to go see Daft Punk live. That one, that that's, <laughs> really like, like Daft that's... Punk. <laughs> wow! Yeah, I fucking love Daft Punk, man. I just think it'd be just like... expect Daft Punk to be your answer. No, I thought all. we were talking children's entertainers. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be Daft Punk. Daft Punk for me. You know, I like I like Okey Doke. I like Postman Pat, but Daft Punk on balance. It's got to be Led Zeppelin, isn't it? <laughs> as good as Dave Benson Phillips is, it's got to be Led Zeppelin. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, Mikey, I'm sorry think, yeah. about Daft Punk. Yeah, okay. no, I'm, I'm sorry for your, it's, your loss. It's okay. Um, I just, I just, I, was thought, I thought maybe, maybe at one point in my life I'll get that chance, but no, they've split up. There'll so be a reunion. I'll deal with it. I'll do it. Yeah. They'll need money in about 10 yes, years. It will happen. I don't know if Always I've said do. before on the podcast, but um, a girl who I went to school with, her younger brother was in the last ever episode of Dick and Dom in the Bungalow. Oh, wow. Whoa. He was one of the, the bungalow heads. Um, and uh, they all got given the first place prize. Every kid is like a special Aww. special treat. What was it? I don't know if I've said that before. Uh, like a, I don't know, probably like a, a CRT telly with like a VHS oh, God, those slot are so on cool. It. I always wanted one yes. of those. PS2 or something. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it was, but those were normally the, I think when they got to the end of the show, after a few series, the prizes did start to get really quite good, like a DVD player or something. Oh, shit. You know? Game Boy Advance SP. Whoa. I remember yeah. seeing oh that. Oh, God. <laughs> you guys need to slow down. Uh, I would have liked to have been in the audience of Ooh. the late 90s children's television show, SMTV Live, 
Ah, okay. Did they have oh, an audience? SMTV. I feel like there was an I audience. Think, I think SMTV Live did. I didn't watch much of that, but I, I think they might have done. TV Live and Kicking Live. did. Let's have a look. Uh, so they used to show episodes of Pokemon and Digimon. Oh, so, yeah. yes, there's kids all over that shot that I'm looking at now of a young Anton Deck. And it had yeah. Cat Dealey in it. And it, I remember it being weird and comedic. They had Wonky Donkey. And whenever they yeah, used they to did, didn't they? watch episodes of uh, Pokemon, both Ant and Deck would wear Pikachu jumpers and they would rub the front and they would say, Pikachu, Pikachu, <laughs> like that. Pikachu. Oh, and, <laughs> and that was always very exciting and I would have liked to have been there. Oh my god, that's great. I'm, sorry, I'm just scrolling through pictures of young Dick and Dom now. It's good, isn't it? The boy band great hair. Trip. <laughs> yeah. Frosted tips. Outside of going on Dick and Dom in a bungalow, which would also actually be my answer, but in terms of an original answer, I think I would have really liked to go on um, Get Your Own Back, and not not just because it's Dave. Like, even if it, it wasn't Dave for some reason that day, I just, you know, even as a show, it looked great. I'll tell you what was crap. 50-50. Oh, 50-50 was shit. Like the 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 things like the inflatable assault courses that they used to have looked pretty good, but like first off, you had to hope that your number got called a one yeah. in fifty chance that you would get to go, uh, and then you would um, you'd get to do like one lap, and then it was like a relay, and like someone else had to go on it, and you you know I bet you had to sit around for ages as well while they inflated every single one like round after round, mm. and then there was like the trivia bit where they asked you questions and you let your school down by getting it wrong and oh my god oh yeah there's a lot of pressure to be honest yeah 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 not interested terrible (laughs) screw 50 50 50 50 was always so disappointing when that was on it 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 looked like it should be fun to watch and then it wasn't every time yeah it's awful oh there they are with their pikachu yeah and the hats pikachu Pikachu. (laughs) bucket hats oh what a time there was a show that uh, I used to have this like memory in my head that I thought was a bit of a false memory. So you guys remember Funhouse, right? Are you aware of it? Yeah. Um, like Pat Sharp used to present it. Um, and, but I had this memory in my head of these kids like in a sort of, it was like a doll's house stage. Like it was a, a house with like the front off it. And there was a studio audience like watching this house and they would like run around the house. They have to like, tear the room apart like make a real mess and like you know throw stuff off the shelves and stuff to like find stuff and it's a real program it was presented by neil buchanan yes he wasn't doing art attack it was called i think it was called finders keepers and uh he would like ask you a little question you'd be in like the the bedroom or whatever and you'd have to get the answer to the question and then like you know, pull the duvet off the bed and like pull all the books out of the bookshelf and try and find like the answer to the question, you know? And uh, that was the game, basically. Just you got like a whole house to just completely trash. Wow. Um, and, oh, I'd uh, love that. Yeah. Like, super fun. I would have loved to go on that. Yeah. And you'd meet Neil Buchanan yes. as well. Yes. So, yes. It's a the great biggest one. treat. Well, I think. Have we done we it? Go. Is that the yeah. questions? We've done it. That's all the questions. Thank you for those questions, Michael. And thank you, everyone at home, for listening. Hope you hope you enjoyed it. We're available. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all.com forward slash vidiots official. Twitch.tv forward slash vidiots official. Not streaming there so much these days. Mikey, I believe there's some merch, question mark. 
Oh, you're absolutely right. If you head over to store.yogscast.com, you'll find a lovely selection of, of merch from all different kinds of YouTubers. But if you dig a little deeper and you find a section labelled Vidiots, you'll find a wonderful bounty of Vidiots themed merch. We got T-shirts, we got mugs, we got everything you ever need right in one place. And the best bit? If you use code VIDIOTS at checkout, you will get 10% off absolutely everything. No. Everything? Fuck off, really? Everything. On everything on that goddamn website. So go have a look. And if anything tickles your fancy, get 10% off with code VIDIOTS. If you'd like to support us directly, directly, you can also go to streamlabs.com forward slash donations. Donate £3 or more to get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show here, excuse me, is your pod squad for this week. Avogadro Toast 11, Huey Lewis and the Pubes, Yamar sells Avon, Cheggers Hall fuckers McGraw, a little bit of Monica who was... Very generous, thank you. Dick, my Checo, spread cheeks, slap balls. Jason Alombi, Lego, my Checo, always an adventure podcast. Who's generous? Thank you very much. Lord Brotovich, Biff and Chip Kink, Ben, your Cheggers out, R.I.P. Stephen Scores, Katie Consolo, Cheggers Stoke Vlackia, Mikey's first fart, Michael Fox hates dogs, the C.G. Chegma, Specky Becky, and Donna C07. Also, Dick Mayan Marchinko, uh, Gooey Bugs Platoon, Chav Chav Ramirez, Michael Jackson, Kari is a tiny bitch cat, Sprocket <laughs> the goddamn cat, Emily Lemons, Danny DeVito has seen Ben Nude, Awesome Fox 42, Royal Hodgson Oprah Interview, Pro Trainer, Nad. Kermit T-Pog, Chewy Bollocks, Just Keep Swimming Ash, The Very Generous Kevin from Con, Prince Beefcakes, Saturday Night Finn Tristam, Alan Claw, Michael Will You Marry Me, DBP and Jugson Walk Into a Bar, and Ben's Big Blonde Bum Has. Neil Canada, thank you for the generous donation. Oliver, A Boy Who Surely Exists, Nazi Occupied Czechoslovakia, Check Me Harder Daddy, Barbatuna Babalooni. Yes. Steven Sealand, Plastic Cheese Has No Rights, Quadruple Jump, Mercenary, Mercenary, Chegastitute, Robocock 3, Beyond Thundercock, Robocock 2, Cock Warriors, Mr. Macca, Chegas a Lap Dancia, Pistonia, Check Your Suvlakia, Billy Ray Cypress, Pantsalot, We Scots Cool Hugs, McSnuggies, The Extremely Absurdly Generous, Walsenberg slash Will, and finally, name deducted from your paycheck. Thank you, everyone. That's your pod squad. Thank you. Once again, streamlabs.com forward slash podiots donation. Three pound donations, sorry, with an S on the end, donate three pounds or more to get a shout out. Now, I had a little idea for something we can do here at the end. Oh, yeah, oh, it's I... been six days. It's been three years <laughs> since Vidiots happened. Oh. And I thought each podiots, it might be nice to have a look at what came out on the channel this week. <gasps> oh, that's a good idea. I like that. I love that. So I know it's fortnight. It's a fortnight between shows, but we're just going to look at, I've now realized that, but we're just going to look at what's coming out this week, <laughs> this seven day period on the channel. 
So, you can expect Skyrim Zoo Chapter 4, Horsing Around. Oh. Worst games ever, London Racer. Oh, Memory good. cards for March the yeah. 26th. Uh, five irrefutable ways microtransactions will get your parents back together. That's a list. <laughs> and post some tat, episode six, what have you done? Only episode Only six. Episode six. Wow. So a lot of episodes to go. There we are. If you want to watch along with Vidiots sort of live <laughs> every week, we will now, when we remember, run down what the featured videos are in that particular week. Go to those videos and put in the comments, Podiot sent me. Podiot, yes. <laughs> Peter, Ben and Mikey sent me. <laughs> this channel sent me. <laughs> oh, God. Excellent. Oh, that's good. I there like that. Mikey, where can people find you? At Paraboy on Twitter and on Twitch. Uh, I stream on occasion, but best place to follow me is on Twitter where I post gubbins and fun things. Go, go have a look. Wonderful. And Peter, where can people find us? We are also on Twitter. Uh, ben is confused underscore dude. And I am that Peter Austin. I'm also on Instagram at that handle too. Uh, but together we are at Team Triple Jump, not just on Twitter and Facebook, but more importantly, over on YouTube and Twitch, where we are, uh, we do streams and we do videos. Uh, and, uh, you know, Worst Games Ever is still happening over there. It's been a long time since London Racer, but uh, we're still going strong. And maybe one day we'll play uh, Autobahn Racer 2 or whatever. There were a lot Ooh. of games. I don't know which ones we have and haven't played. Maybe we will. Who knows? Finally, leave us an iTunes review or a review... Jesus Christ. Or a review (laughs) slash rating of your on... We're nearly there. We're nearly there. (laughs) This is the last level. You can do it. Leave us an iTunes review or a review slash rating on your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Thank you, boys. Uh, Do we have a final question before we fuck off? Can I go to sleep now? Yes. We're in a pickle. The audience will have to decide. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks' time. Look after yourselves. Bye! Bye-bye. Be good. Bye-bye.